Hi, Chris. How are you? What's up, big dog? Ready to fucking create some content? <sighs> yeah, I've been I've been editing content all day, and it's it's about time that I squirted some out. You know. You know, sometimes you gotta let it spray, and and by that I mean make some content with Chris. Mm-hmm. It feels good. Yeah, I mean this is the this is the only part of the job that doesn't feel like a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why this is the only part I participate in. <laughs> 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 that's not true chris uh, you you spend a lot of time booking all of our guests every week guest um you know some famous some not some destined to be you know uh, much like this podcast the, the hosts of this podcast um yeah, just days away dude i i have a you know i have a little bone to pick with mercedes-benz oh I, it's about i i kind of feeling this is gonna come <laughs> I am just so I you know I, I've been renting a car thanks to Midway my my shooters over at Midway on Beverly Boulevard. Mm, um, no, but no. that that's not a plug. They're charging me full price. But so I you know I have to go back at the end of every month to renew my my agreement with them. Mm. And this time you know I they had this they had instead of the the, the three hundred C I was like oh they have the little they have the little SUV the GLC three hundred let me try it. You know it's brand new it looks nice. A little more space for my tennis equipment and my, you know, yeah. Whole Foods bags. My LP, you know what I mean? my LP loves that body style. Every time we drive by one, she's like, "I like that car." Is that, is that weird? Well, and she, I'm like, "You say that every hour." Well, we can do a little. We can do a Tesla for GLC trade, no problem. But so, so I get in the car and I'm, you know, I love Apple Play. I'm a huge Apple Play guy. If you drive a car, you probably love Apple Play too. And this motherfucking car only has a USB-C plug. <laughs> that is fucking insane. That's a little that is a little wild. So so then you have to get yet another dongle to go USB-C to lightning, I'm assuming. I didn't even I didn't even cop the dongle, bro. I went straight to Amazon while I was sitting in the car upset <laughs> and co- and copped the the USB-C cord cuz it does, I will say, it does charge the phone faster. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have dude, one. I'm I have sorry, multiple. Bro. I have multiple. I mean, this is it's it's hard out here, dude. You know what I mean? It's it's. <sighs> I'm. Know, we're I'm, all we're all kind of going through it in one way or another. This this new normal is not easy for anyone. Chris Black is no uh, exception to that rule. No, it's a shock to the system, TJ. What and color? I just had to get that what off color? My chest. What color? Little uh, little baby little baby bubble SUV did you cop? It's like a it's like a blue it's like a navyish gray it's actually it's not a color i would choose because i think the only color car you should get is black mm. um but it's pretty good i like it. i only drove it last i haven't driven it yet today but I, I i like it so far i like sitting up a little higher you know a big man like myself maybe mm-hmm. he needs a little bigger car you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean after that after all that escalade talk last week or last episode um you well know, you know when i saw when I saw failing hip hop podcaster Elliot Wilson jump into the chauffeured Escalade at Erwan yesterday, I was a little jealous. Yeah, I really I had to Google who that person was, and apparently he is a guy who posts stuff on Instagram about Jay Electronica albums on Title. Yeah, he's the guy who like. How really does that guy Jay. have have a, a driver and an Escalade? Maybe he's just spending his own money. I don't know. Rap Radar, rap, the Rap Radar podcast is truly unlistenable, but they did get Drake. So it's like, who knows, you know? Yeah, I guess Rap Radar makes enough money to have. I yeah. I mean, I mean, he was he, he was literally wearing, dusty. He's dusty as fuck. I mean, he was literally wearing a Montclair logo T-shirt, which who does that? That's the dustiest shit I've ever seen. Do you think it was real or fake? 
No, it's probably real, but we're only rocking Montclair collaborations. You already know that, bro. Mm-hmm. We're only rocking the Gamble. Um, <laughs> but we're actually we're not rocking that either. But you know what I'm saying. But the, the overall, I, overall, I, I'm just I'm dealing with a lot of automobile stuff. You know, in LA, yeah, it, yeah, it just, yeah. It, it's really part of the lifestyle here. You know, sure. Yeah, you you're a real uh, grease monkey, is what they call them, right? I'm a real grease monkey. It's me and I Leno, always, neck and neck. <laughs> we see Chris Black. His head buried under the hood of a of an, uh, an imported automobile. Exactly. I'm constantly waiting for my BMW parts, like all your favorite graphic designers. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Hassan? Um, we, <laughs> uh, speaking of of the Montclair, if you know, it's it's not really too noticeable here in in sunny SoCal, but you know, autumn is starting to approach us and we're just around the corner from winter time. And I, I'm still rocking the same dusty North face puffer for that. I've had for a long time. I mean, obviously, you know, a black North face puffer, it never goes out of style, but I think I might, is TJ looking to upgrade? I, you know, this year, you know, if we, if it gets a little chilly and when people start traveling again, if I find myself, you know, you know, tasting some lovely tray bakes in merry old England, or or you know, <laughs> searching searching the fjords of Iceland. Um, I'm gonna need, Iceland, I'm need, I'm gonna need to re up. Don't say don't say Iceland like that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, or even I if I just that, go to San Francisco for a weekend. Why would you do that? I mean, that's crazy. I know. We know. I, we if know. If, you're I had, if I had an important venture capitalist meeting, or if I had to discuss anything with my editor or something, I would I would go up there. But it does get sure. chilly at night. Well, I don't know. I don't know what to suggest for you, TJ. I mean, obviously, there's there's a you know a, a classic Patagonia. I actually got sent recently. Columbia has some wild new technology, like new new uh, mm. puffer. They they sent me. It's pretty cool. Um, who else? I mean, you could all I, I, like, Montbell. I, like, I like Columbia. I mean, Montbell could be good. Montbell I, I kind of cool. want one with no logo, though. I mean, they you, don't make the. You could get R. You could get RAB like Virgil. You could you could rock. I mean, you could rock the Arky like you're the true graph does head Virgil, that you are. Does Virgil do RAB? Yeah, Virgil always be repping RAB. He he had the pants on on the boat the other day on his story. Damn, RAB is an- another another brand that I can't wear. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you wear off white, so explain that one. But yeah, I think that um, I think that there's a lot of options out there. But we could go through. I'm sure some of our fucking listeners are gonna have a lot of dumb suggestions. I so. only wear off white skinny jeans, bro. Other than that, nothing. All right. Bitch, I've seen you with the long belt. Don't front. But I, I think that I think <laughs> it's that, normal on I, me. I think though the thing about TJ and the thing I love about your styles that you could rock a, a all kinds of crazy colors and it would look good on you. Yeah, I can do it in all kinds of crazy colors, and I can you know I'm not afraid. I've got the legs to do a puff with a short as well. You do have the legs, uh, and and I think yeah, I could see you in Looking a, you know, like I have a nice a, little Soho thought. That's exactly what you are. Uh, I, I have a nice, very, very old um, orange Patagonia that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. A nice, a nice midweight that punches above its weight. If you know what I'm saying. How, um, how old are we talking? Seventies? Just kidding. No, 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 no. Like eight or nine years old. I, when uh-huh. Jake Davis and I were shopping the semi-annual Patagonia sale, and all that's left is the crazy flavors. You know, sometimes I partake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I found some some unique pieces in that uh, in that as well. Um, another thing, you know, I, I noticed at the beginning of of quarantine when we were potting. Do you remember when they announced that Cops, your your favorite television show, was going to be out of production? They're back, baby. It's back. 
it's back. What, what do you, you gonna do? Uh, what do you think? What happened? you gonna do when they come for you? People, bad. What people stopped caring about? Um, I think that no. I the think the insensitivity that, of, of of showing no, people I mean, being I, arrested, or what? What do you think happened? I think like a lot of other things, they, it was put on pause until they felt like the the storm had passed, and then they were going to. Re- I'm sure that was always the plan. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, if a if a television show of that low caliber has been on for 20 years, mm. there's probably, it probably continues to make money um, and works for the network. You know what I mean? I, I there's, there's, it's, yeah. it's that simple. I would say, I would say, but, but it really is. It's, it's a little different than like, Oh, we should, we should wait to announce our new flavor of yogurt until after, you know, people stop dying. Like, it's not that it's like, it's just a doc, you know, it's a, a 24 hour news feed of, of people at the worst, in their life being you know tj chased down and arrested and dragged out of i i agree with you and i i will trust me i will not be watching cops ever again i realize the error of my ways um but we got real growth happening here today like it it's also i mean cops is also a graveyard 8 p.m saturday night time slot it's not like they they, (laughs) like there's there's nothing else to put in that shit time slot that costs. I mean, co- cops cost nothing to make. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. ori- it's like original reality TV, like literally just cameras and miking up some pigs. Yeah, you, know? you don't you don't even have to pay for talent. Th- there's definitely no talent involved in making an episode of Cops. I I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Um, um, last thing of note to talk about before we get to our guest and before we start discussing the uh, the business of aspiration and. And and so on. I um, I was having dinner last night um, at a restaurant don't, called don't. Felix. Oh, he had to flex on us. Big focaccia boys over here had to flex on us. Little carb load last night for TJ. Yeah, LP splashed out for me. Yeah. I know. What did you? I, she told me she was doing this, and I was like, "Why? What the fuck did he do?" Well, it was just because I took her out to a nice dinner last week, so she was she was reciprocating the favor. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's just nice. you know, okay. just a, just a one. One partner treating another. That's that's simply all it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm gonna cut my fucking head off. Continue with your story. Um, but I was after after I was looking at myself on the Twitch screen for for 60 minutes last week. I realized it's maybe it's time to start growing the hair back. Wow! Really? I mm. I actually. I actually really like the cropped look on TJ, but then you did you sent me that scan of your driver's license and the hair was just immaculate. <laughs> that shit was that shit was reaching towards God because God was reaching towards it. You know what I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. it was a beautiful but but I mean, what about that awkward in between stage, bro? That's what I'm you know, that's what I wanted to talk about. Why don't I, I think it's gonna be um you know, if it's gonna be a lot of hat recommendations on the strategist coming my way because you know, there's nothing worse than that three or four month period between a buzz and normal normal hair. It's just see, I, you look. I there's no uh, there's no good way to do it. There's not. I think you look good. I'm I'm definitely sticking with the buzz. This is the rest of my life. I love the simplicity of it. It's too yeah, good. Well, I mean, I could still grow my hair out. Is the difference here? You know. So I I, I want to <laughs> hold. You know, despite me being a. a you know, <laughs> A couple um, a couple years older than you. You, you know. can't see me. You can't see me doing the Arthur fist. But <laughs> look, I might not have as full of a head of hair as you, but your skin also looks like leather. So I, you know, we're, you win some, you lose some. Just you know wait. I mean? Just wait. Wait on it. Wait till wait till summer's done. Wait till it's 
the the temperature drops down into a degree that so is summer's two digits. over summer's over interlude continues so wait, yeah wait till <laughs> summer's over interlude happens and then uh and then we'll then we'll see who's humming a different tune once my my skin goes back to um you know little little pastier a little more well no i think it's i think i think it's just years of los angeles living has just done you wrong bro and you probably didn't start moisturizing till you met carolyn so it's like you, you got a lot of catching up to do family where's the lie to everything you just said unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately i well i also think though let me let me just give one suggestion before we get to our guest mm. you know i know i know kk has been cutting your hair maybe try to get one professional haircut as is that's what yeah that's what i'm it. gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna hit up my man um I'm going to make a little appointment and just say, you know, hit, hit me on the back, hit me on the sides, hit it, you know, suck my dick from the side, from the back, nothing on the top. And then, you know, that will, that will set the foundation for the rest of my head, my head game to grow back, um, you know, sufficiently lined up. I can't, I can't wait for your head game to finally be sufficient. Well, I mean, the neck game has been great. <laughs> Throat game has been, has been bananas. Yeah, but yeah, the head game. Just you know, going back to the 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 fundamentals, it's I'm a little rusty. I understand. And on I that understand. note, well, let's welcome our guest. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Um, our guest today is Anna Angelic. Uh, she is a strategy executive and the author of the forthcoming book, The Business of Aspiration. Uh, she has a very uh, popular newsletter that dives deep into into you know the the fine arts of buying and selling and marketing and branding and all the stuff that we talk about in this podcast like mm-hmm. idiots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met her a few years ago when we did a panel for the the outlet High Snobiety, where her and I shit on everything and other people looked at us like we were crazy. Um, Mm. but, but she, she's a a character and has a lot of great, great things to offer. Um, so let's, uh, let's bang her line. We shall. Bye-bye. Hey guys, Jason here. Quick disclaimer, the recording, um, with Anna today, she was in Mexico city. Our Wi-Fi was a little weird and wacky. So there will be some parts where the audio drops out. So please bear with us. Thank you. Hey, what's good. So what's going on? You're in Mexico city. What are you doing there? Oh, just like vacation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what were you? All right. And you said that you, you were in Miami before that. What were you doing in Miami? Oh, we are like now, my husband and I, we are in Miami now at the moment for a few months. Usually, like, I mean, we are based in New York, but we sort of decamped for Miami. What's the vibe down there? How is it? It's actually pretty good. Like, I hate <laughs> It, like I was crying when, like when, when we left New York in mid July, and but now, no, no, we flew. Oh, okay. okay. Thing, I flew. Come on, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and uh, it's it's awesome. It's really good. It's really good because people are like super chill and they're in a good mood and they're enjoying life. And I was in New York in September, and I'm like, get me fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Anna, so you have you already contracted the coronavirus and you've you've cured from it? You are healed now? Is that what's going on? No, I'm like, I literally tested myself the moment I like, like before I board the plane, I tested. It's always negative. Is this disappointing <laughs> or what? <laughs> So you kind of want you want you wouldn't mind getting it just to get it over with? Is that what you're saying? No, God, no, no. Did you guys have coronavirus? Most likely, Jason yeah. Probably, 
I, I, I have I, a wide I, arrangement and assortment of diseases at any given moment. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish I would have gotten it too. I mean, I knew a lot of people that had it in the beginning, but I haven't really heard about people having it in, in the last couple months in my life. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What, so, so you're in Mexico City. Where? What neighborhood are you in? We are in Condesa. Sure. Are you yeah, staying in a hotel or are you in an Airbnb? In Condesa Juarez, that sort of like uh, like border, like just close yeah. to. No, we actually uh, we are. Have you heard of Sonder? Sonder is some like um, apartment rental, but it's not like dingy like Airbnb. It's like basically rent. <laughs> and it's like super new apartment i've heard i've heard of saunder it's like, it's like raya for apartments kind of yeah because like for example in new york you would end up no like uglies, in no fatties condo building or in financial district in a condo building mm-hmm. so yeah. condo building has like a it's a business center it has like rooftop like 13 pools it's nuts it's insane <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And everything is like $2. I got to say, your your Eastern European accent, while you're recounting all of this information, really drives it home in a special way. (laughs) Are you guys laughing at me or with me? Both. Oh, good. That's the the whole premise of this show. Where, Where are you from originally? I'm Serbian. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, all right, all right. You know, I've I've eaten. Uh, what's the Serbian restaurant in New York that's really popular? Kafana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Kafana. What what's the French fry thing you guys do over there? What? <laughs> I've, I've never heard of a of a of a Serbian French fry preparation. Like no, no, Kafana in East Village. That's yes, Kafana in East Village. I've been there many times, and, and I really like it. And I've had you Serbian like food it? other times. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's it's not like your mom's cooking or whatever, but I don't know anybody. My mom doesn't cook like that. But <laughs> <laughs> are you, so are you saying Kafana is bad? It's not bad, but it's not great. So what your mom hit? your mom is a better cook than these, than My these, these village losers. Does your mom cook like whatever, you know, like... No. My mom does cook hamburgers, hamburgers. yes. Yes. yes, my mom cooks hamburgers and like chicken there's nothing there's no flavor in our food you know so what is what are the hit serbian dishes yeah you thought you were white anna chris is very white (laughs) what are the hit serbian dishes well everything you can get in kafana but like more tastier (laughs) all the all the food that you've had but actually good good tasting (laughs) okay i mean but but no, I mean, I need you to break it down for our listeners. Like, what are the top Serbian dishes in your mind? Like, what are the hits that we and have yeah, to and, have? And maybe how they differ from Russian cuisine specifically. Oh, my God. Did you really, like, okay, so shall we start with, like, oof. Oof. I, don't, we, I think that the sound is pretty good if you heard that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, we'll good. be able to clean it up in post-production. You're not recording this, are you? Yeah, we are. We're recording this. This is how all of it works. I'm glad that you're not going into like top 30 dishes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's what we want. Anna, we're both very obsessed with food. So, you know, we, we will be able to talk to you about 
business marketing eventually, but for now, I need to know all the different ways that you eat hard-boiled eggs over there. I know it sounds like a yeah. I mean, I wanted to say it sounds like a roast, but then it's like <laughs> <laughs> it hits too close to home. So I take it you haven't listened to this podcast very much. I did, but okay. I just I thought you guys would be like I don't know, like kinder. <laughs> 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 no, okay okay this is not i'm sorry no, this isn't a this isn't a joke we really talk about food all the time yeah this yeah, is yeah. Actually well, serious. let's like, talk about serbian food so like what did you like most in kafana and i'll tell you how that really tastes <laughs> i'm trying to think i feel like there was like some sort of i i'm not recalling very well but i feel like there was some sort of like fried cheese thing that was very good mm. am i wrong i don't know well, what I don't are your so, favorites? Give, give us, give us your top three, so we I understand. Think so. I think you made it one up, to be honest. <laughs> I don't like Serbian food. Is it I, bad? I, I, no. no, no. Well, well, well what mean, kind of food do you like to eat the most? You like a little sushi, a little Mexican? What's going on? I like Italian. No, no, I like French. Mm. You. I I love it all, but you know, French cuisine. You know, it can be. It can be very rich sometimes, but I do love yeah. eating a nice bread and butter. That's probably my favorite thing to eat, you know, for French cuisine. And then Japanese. Yeah, yeah I love Japanese. Japanese is nice and clean. Not sushi, Japanese, like, but like not including sushi. Um, you know, I, just any type of the way Japanese people eat very cleanly, you know, yeah. steam their vegetables nice clean rice flavors they're not mixing it with lots of other stuff to make it make it crazy everything is very kind of compartmentalized pickled healthy it's nice to yeah. eat it makes your body feel good i know you we know eat that. very we we try to eat very healthy on this podcast it's kind of a pillar of our you don't look like you healthy at all what about what well, about we, cigarettes what kind of cigarettes do you smoke anna i don't smoke anymore uh, okay no. Parliament light. I mean, sorry, no. American spirit. That's pretty heavy duty. I'm a heavy guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is pretty heavy duty, I would agree. But Jason loves smoking and isn't isn't he he was a big jewel guy for a while, but luckily he gave that up and returned to the classic. <laughs> hey, who who's him? roasting who over here? Yeah, you're you're laughing because it is funny to think of a forty year old grown. Look, I was I was jeweling in my thirties, Chris. All right, be nice. That's true. That's true. That's true. Mm. Uh, well, what's the scene report? We need a scene report for Mexico City, though. What's the vibe? Obviously, the condo is nice, but have you been eating out? Is the is the weather nice? Are people nice? Like, have you been there before? Yes, we've been there before, like 2013, 14. Yeah, like a while ago. And it's amazing. We're like outside all the time because now I think it's the best time because it's so high up that it's cool, but it's sunny. Mm. So you can just walk around and like do whatever. Everyone is eating outside. It's amazing. Like I like we are eating outside like the entire the entire time. And I don't think we'll have enough time to eat everything we want. Is everybody wearing a mask there? Oh my God, they're going nuts. You need to hear this. So they're wearing a mask. They're yeah. wearing like goggles. They're wearing a face shield. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Like, I'm not joking. Oh, they I, are I believe you. I mean, that's, they're doing the same thing here in America. 
Do they? In Miami, no. they're just very, very mad. Well, Miami is a little different. You know what I mean? Miami's Miami's a little different. Yeah. We sure. I, we have a lot of friends in Miami. I love Miami, one of my favorite cities in America. But you know, it is in Florida at the end of the day. It is in Florida, true story. However, <laughs> wearing a lot of masks. How, but let me finish. So you know, yeah. they have little mats. They have little mats here yeah. that are filled with. Uh, Disinfection, like like liquid, and you have to walk through the little mat. <laughs> if you want to go in, like that does nothing. That does fuck all. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but they're like they like and they are like taking your temperature, which of course everywhere else is. But you have like between the mat, the hand sanitizer, and the little temperature. If you go shopping, like. Like it's two stores in an hour. <laughs> yeah, it, take, it takes. I agree. That's it's not very efficient. Process. Yeah, but like restaurants are all open and you can sit outside and it's awesome. We went to Pujol last night and we were Ooh. sitting inside and we were like, you know what? If we got if we get Corona, at least we're like we got it from Pujol and it was good, you know. So yeah, yeah. did you have the the mole that was aged? They did. We did because they, uh, they have tasting menu. That's the only thing they they have. So mole comes at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and then did you did you did you enjoy the mole? It's good. Yeah, it's okay. great. Okay. It was okay. two uh, sorts. So do you not like mole? No, I do like mole, but you know I've heard people describe it. You know something a yeah. little bit more orgasmic than what you just said. No, I do like, but come on, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's a it, it, you know it's a spoonful <laughs> of sauce at the end of the day. How good can it be? No, it's it was good. It was good. They they, they, they <laughs> two kinds and they went into great detail. One has four ingredients, the other three. So see, I was paying attention. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they take they take you out to their vegetable garden. Then they like, remember dish number three. Like that was. <laughs> oh my god! It's like this is amazing and so well, yeah. gringo I, thing. Mm-hmm. I had to do gringo thing, although I'm not the gringo. Right, right. <laughs> You're not a gringo. I, Easily confused for one though. I when I went there, they tricked me into eating crickets, and oh, yeah, like I told them I was, this is a long time ago. Right? I was like, I'm a vegetarian, and they were like, Yes, but do you eat insects? And I was like, uh, I, I don't know. I've never really thought about that before. And then I had a little cricket in my salad, and you know what? It wasn't bad. It's not bad. Yeah. No, see that last night, last night, like yesterday, I almost ordered guacamole con chapulines, and chapulines are those crickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but luckily, I looked it up before. Yeah, that seems like a really good way to ruin some guacamole. Am I right, Anna? I don't know. Well, I wish I was. Like, I don't know. I wanted to try. So, well, speaking of food, you you recently wrote about um, modern food brands evoking the intimacy of of cooking clubs um, and the new localism. Do you remember writing this? What a segue! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, don't let anybody tell you that we aren't professional podcasters. Well, it was smooth. Mm-hmm. I'm a smooth Thank cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. spirits and jewelry, like, uh, no, you're not smooth. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I did not have time to read that article, but I would like to talk about it. So when you say, um, when you say, the intimacy of a cooking club do you do you mean like when a when a group of friends might gather together and you know everyone makes you know makes a certain type of dish and they all share it together yeah 
you okay. can call it like that or you know how in spain there are those like secret clubs cooking clubs mm-hmm. around for like hundreds of years mm-hmm. and like as a tourist or someone who is like passing by you can see and it's like oh what this like people hanging out and you know like mm-hmm. what they're doing there and uh, some of the best food in Spain is prepared in those private cooking clubs mm-hmm. and you can't get access until unless you know someone who knows someone who knows someone and the whole point is that of that article and I guess of, uh, of cooking clubs is that this what the value chain what we thought was a restaurant okay you have a kitchen and then in the same place you have where the food is sold and where you when the food food is eaten doesn't need to exist like that at all mm-hmm. you, you can have like a pastrami guy with an instagram account or like a, there is a guy in miami that my husband is obsessed with and i'm not sure why because he keeps talking about the guy's like biceps so maybe i should think <laughs> 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 yeah, maybe uh, maybe he went down to Mexico City for a, a different reason. I don't know, but anyway, his like his name is Mimo. Mimo makes burrata, mm-hmm. and burrata is famous. But Mimo is also a surfer, and Mimo, how he photographs himself, it's always like his guns, you know, like he, he's always very <laughs> like it's like I don't know hygiene wise how is that, you know, like, <laughs> like his hands are in the so teeth. so he's a hot guy <laughs> who makes burrata. Yeah, exactly. And, and and like, but it doesn't matter. He has a life, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that was like now more like seriously. Well, uh, it's more like you kind of buy from him because you know all about him. Like, oh, he's a surfer and uh, he well, he wears jewelry like you do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he's sort of like, you know, like, you know where he's going out, you know how he makes stuff, you know how mm-hmm. he's doing. And that's that sort of intimate personal relationship that you're creating with someone who is also, and you, you're kind of buying from him, not because of a transactional value, you can buy that with almost everywhere you want, mm-hmm. but because you want, you want to support him as a maker. Mm-hmm. You, you would rather give your hard-earned money to him versus a, a faceless corporate grocery store chain or something. That's true, and that's all. That's that's that, and then it also like he has his skin in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. And you kind of he has like the 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 pain and the glory of running a small business. And yes, you do want to kind of like give your money, but you're also kind of want him as a small business owner to do to do well. So you're kind of going to mm-hmm. talk on a podcast about him, you know. Yeah, it's a good so, story. Well, I mean, I I don't even. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the whole thing. And then the other thing is you also feel like you know him. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you buy through, like, Instagram is the main storefront. And then you have, like, again, those those cookouts that people just, like, basically put their, like, stuff out. Or, like, this woman, um, Jenny of Jing Daily, she's making condiments by herself, you know. She's from Shanghai. And... She, like all those brands, they come with some sort of not brands, all those people come with some sort of story. Mm-hmm. And you kind of buy into that story. And she 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 painted this picture of like hole in the wall joints where there, where there is some of the best Shanghai food. Is like when you go like three steps down, knock on the wood, like you know, like mm-hmm. move the curtain, and there you are. So I guess like when you're buying stuff from there, you're buying a little bit of that vibe. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I love it. So, do you do you give your money to any of these Instagram 
uh, attractive surfer food sellers? I don't cook, as we already established with my lack of excitement about mole. But my <laughs> husband does. Sorry, sorry. Say that again. Say that again after the mole. Well, my husband does. So mm-hmm. he he buys. He's literally cooking himself up with like not. I'm yeah, this is terrible. By some like there is um Alex the pastrami guy in mm-hmm. Mexico City, and he discovered him on Instagram, and you can WhatsApp Alex, and you can be like uh, Miquero pastrami. That's how you mm-hmm. get with him. So that's all. And. Yes, he does so a lot. It sounds like your husband and me is meeting a lot of different guys on Instagram. <laughs> well, that's what I realized when I started talking and I said he's hooking up. Yeah, he's ho- he's definitely hooking up with these guys. <laughs> well, and what food? He actually like the best food discoveries he made he made on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, there is like second city meets coming, you know, like to our apartment in Miami. Or <laughs> I like, like seriously, he found all of that on Instagram. He's just buying directly from those producers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut the middleman. I mean, I think that's a, well, I think that's a better way to live. And I also think that I, I think that COVID in general has has obviously you know decimated a lot of small businesses. But I also think it's pushed people to patronize small businesses more. Like if you have the money and you you care, you're going to you want to support people like this more because you understand that they're having a hard time and you understand that the product is better and there's like a story you're investing in. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about um, Anna? What about ghost kitchens? Do you think that you know the celebrity-driven restaurants that are operated out of ghost kitchens are any of them good or are they all uh, all the ones I've seen are are pretty bad? I think I think there's a different thing. I think they're 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 connected, but they're different things. And Chris, can I just take a step back for a second and just tell Chris? I think that people you give people too much credit. You think that people are being like too enlightened. Oh, I support the maker. No, it's like people are just like, oh, this is cool, and I want some like Mimos burrata because it looks amazing, and I like it's immediate gratification. Also, I think I think to an extent you're right, and I trust me, I do not give people too much credit, and I I Mm -hmm. take offense to that. (laughs) I uh, um, no, I think that I think that pre-COVID, no one gave a shit. I think post-COVID or in COVID times, people who never cared before are thinking more critically about where they're buying things. Um, Mm -hmm. That I, I will say. I, of course, look and all that stuff goes into it. And is this just a good product? Of course. But I do think a normal layman is now considering things more than they've ever considered them before. Mm. I don't know. You don't know? You don't have much faith. Well, you know, I don't have much faith in people either. But I I do think that I just know a lot of people with small businesses that have have felt the love during COVID and have have done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that part I actually agree with because all of a sudden, like the cust- their customers come together as a family or a community, and they're like, like, and they're like buying forward. I think you're right because I remember that people actually pay their like. I gave my facialist like money, although like I was like for the future. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, now <laughs> yeah. you're just showing off. Okay. <laughs> Not all of I, us can afford to pay our, our facialist even when they're not working right now. You guys seem to be working. It was really hard to get on this podcast. 
<laughs> well, I did. I mean, I paid a lot of my staff in advance as well. Jason knows. I gave Jason a little change too to help him get by. So it's yeah. Keep he's keeping the know. lights on over here. Uh, I, I also I wanted to read. I was trying to read the thing you wrote for Ad Week, but that shit is behind a paywall. Mm. We can't what? afford the paywall. Okay, I'll send you the article. So, so that so that piece was about how we don't have these larger than life icons that we had maybe earlier in our childhood, and now everyone is sort of iconic in their own little way. Um, does, does that kind of summarize it a little bit? Well, I don't know when your childhood was. Uh, in in the eighties, eighties, nineties. Yes. So in that yes, so that article is about how now it. Part of it is how in the 80s it was easier to have iconic products, iconic ideas, iconic movies like Back to the Future, mm-hmm. Air, Air Jordans. Mm-hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Or <laughs> even in the 90s then, then you have like Britney Spears. And it was like it, mm-hmm. those, those ideas and people that everyone sort of gathered around in a sense that that, that meant they meant one thing to everyone. Mm-hmm. And not that we are all iconic, because, like, clearly, we are not. <laughs> well, we, we might think that we are iconic in our own minds, and we might maybe praise and congratulate our friends for being, quote-unquote, iconic, you know, even when they aren't by the definition of the word, perhaps, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, Anna, you're taking over. I quit. You and TJ are doing a podcast together now where you yeah, can put this, his big our, ass in his place. Anna, our chemistry is undeniable. You you have to agree <laughs> with that. But I do think that I, I agree. So you're saying that in today's time, is it because the we're just there's too much going on? We're unable to all focus as a group on one iconic item or thing or or movie or television show? Well, that, that's, yes, that's one thing. The other thing is that everything is happening really fast. So you have like, you know, at one moment, something is like really popular. And I think that, that people conflate iconic and popular a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I would also, agree. Yeah. And also because people are like, li- like they're in their own little like micro communities and bubbles and they focus on what they're interested in and it's easy to ignore the rest so it's easy to say say cardi b like oh i know cardi b but like i don't you know like i don't care or i care only through a certain angle like even iconic people or the most popular people now mm-hmm. cardi b is one thing to mm-hmm. To, to say people who, to her fans, people who love her. It means another thing for people who like Nicki Minaj. It means another thing for people who are, I don't know, in, 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 uh, I don't, in artisanal coffee or in <laughs> Japanese electro music, you know? So I think there is too many taste bubbles now. Mm-hmm. People are just sort of interpreting it through that, that lens. And it's not like when there was mass media, it was kind of like, okay, this, this is how it is, guys. And then you had subcultures. Mm, and yeah. almost like everything exists through subculture and like that's why we sort of need curation to connect those subcultures someone needs to tell you what's going on outside your little bubble you know so if, yeah i if like there, the idea oh go ahead chris well i like the so i guess what's the difference between a taste bubble and a subculture exactly 
I think the taste bubbles are much smaller than subcultures. So okay. imagine if you had like punk was a subculture. And yes. but it was massive, you know, and it was also reactionary to the mainstream. And mm-hmm. now taste sub those taste bubbles are not reaction to anything. They're just like, oh fuck you. I just like Japanese denim and I'm gonna learn anything I want about Japanese denim, you know. I'm not doing that in reaction to something that's happening in the mainstream. I'm doing it just because I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I, that's abs- that's absolutely real, and I agree. There are too many of them, um, and it's um, yeah, that was a, that was keep, a good. It's hard to keep up. On, on a what, hard to keep up. TV. What do you think? Um, the what? What is? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing that there aren't really any icons anymore? Well, it's bad thing in a sense that, that they used to be vehicles of social cohesion, right? Okay. Like people were watching the Oscars. Like imagine now watching the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Only um, a loser would all, do that. First of all, I watch every award show live on the cable television that I pay for. So just watch your mouth, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Even though Chris is a little younger than me, he behaves as somebody twice my age, you know? Yeah, like celebrate life, Chris. Celebrate. <laughs> life. He, yeah, he, he's missing that joie de vivre, isn't he? Live a little. So yeah. So like. So and then like when you heard Michael Jordan, it was an iconic personality, mm-hmm. an iconic player, an iconic game. Like way more people were into basketball, or I guess obsessed by it. You know, mm-hmm. like now it's like Fortnite and whatnot. And then. Then the other thing is that he, it was a iconic product, you know, because it was worn by someone who was larger than life, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. he was really better than he is really better than majority of NBA players. So that's that's that undeniable personality behind it. Mm-hmm. But why I think like um, it became even more iconic is because of all those interpretations afterwards. Like, it was 20 years of riffing of it, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It continued on. I mean, I think that, I, I honestly think that now the, the it's changed so much that someone like Travis Scott is is, is going to sell more sneakers than an, an actual athlete. You know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I, I think that that is also something that's changed where I, I think style-wise – athletes matter maybe more than they did then as a whole, but rappers still matter more than all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's also a shift in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. But, but the Jordan, yeah, I mean, it, it continues on. It soldiers on as an icon, but I, I agree with you t- completely about the status of the world and why stuff like that won't happen is because people are able to just kind of, like you said, go into their own taste bubbles and ignore what else is going around. Are, are which, there are there any positives to the fact that there aren't as many iconic people in the world? Oh yeah, because I think it's like now it's super democratic. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Jason, if you decide to become an icon, mm-hmm. I truly believe mm-hmm. that you can achieve that status. Mm-hmm. Wow! So. I'm saying, like, whoever, I was joking, but whoever. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love this shit. Anna, Chris okay. really loves your special brand of humor, as do I. Sure. Okay, guys, keep it together. So, the positive thing. 
of this is that that I think that what is going to be bubbled as iconic really depends on less on media and mass media and gatekeepers and really just depends on social dynamics. So whoever captures the mood of the moment mm-hmm. then bubble up, you know, to become that. Or you have a niche and all of a sudden that becomes iconic because you know, like they're really into like Patagonia stuff, for example, or tracksmith stuff, or I don't know, some sub like co- artisanal coffee all of a sudden becomes a movement. And you're like, wait, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. And that's the confluence of people being really passionate about something and uh, the right mood of the moment. People are really into cooking right now. Like mm-hmm. there isn't anyone who isn't cooking aside of me, you know, like that <laughs> is becoming like the the big the big thing so all of a sudden you're going to see a lot more chefs become becoming celebrities and i don't mean tv like iron chef shit but like just bubbling up on the internet yeah you're talking to one of them right now yeah jason's bubbling up on the internet in the food world i don't know if you know that little did i know little did i know (laughs) i know i mean he can do everything see i had a premonition that you're already iconic Mm mm-hmm Thank you for thank you for that. Big Big Bird's going to be an icon, but I I, I do think that the um, I I actually am pro gatekeeper, so I'm I'm a little annoyed that the barrier of entry has been so is so low now for every everything in the world. Like I think that there mm-hmm. this is you know I, I we talk about this a lot on the show because we talk about <clears throat> Substack and, and newsletters and all that bullshit, but you know that having the direct audience is great, but like I still would rather be published somewhere that I consider to be worthy and get paid less personally. Like I I would, I would rather write for Vanity Fair and GQ and New York magazine and make my money doing something else than have a sub stack. And that's the only way I, I, I communicate with writing. Um, But do you think we need to do both? Cause I think that writing for these major publications is what gets people to know you and like your work. And then you bring them to your sub stack and they pay. Is that how you see it working? Unless you're already verified on social media, then you don't have to uh, put yourself point. out there. That's a good point. I, I mean, I agree with both of you. And I, I, I'm also pro-gatekeepers because I do think that there is such thing as expertise still and criticism mm-hmm. and, and knowledge. And not that everyone can come in and be like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm a curator or something. There needs to be some some work done and there needs to be some research done. And then, I mean, call it, maybe this is elitist point of view. Like, I don't know, but I do also agree that there is a merit in, 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 in still having that, still, yeah. still, still going somewhere where not a lot of people can enter, you know, in a mm-hmm. sense. It's. I think that it, it's just that the ecosystem is just more complex. It's not either or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think now, yeah, but nowadays you can become, you know, you, you can you can gain the expertise necessary to be a gatekeeper all on your own for free off of the internet, whereas you wouldn't weren't really able to do that before. Right. And that's what we are seeing a lot of on like newsletters, like the crisis newsletter is a great example. Mm-hmm. I open that every day mm-hmm. because I trust so you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm that one person who opens every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Chris's newsletter is, is, a, is an example of you were, you were saying? For example, yeah, or this podcast. Mm-hmm. For 
because I know that it was like it's really hard to get on and uh, like on this podcast. And I'm not I'm not kidding now. Now I'm really serious because mm -hmm. you have a really singular point of view. What kind of conversation you want to have? And you also have sort of reputation and you also have your own very discerning point of view that you're bringing forward and you don't want to waste your time and you don't want to waste your audience's time. Mm. So this is already some sort of, you know, expertise that put forward no less than GQ or Vanity Fair or Airmail or whatever. From your mouth to God's ears. Damn right. Well, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about your upcoming book, uh, the business of aspiration: uh, How social, cultural, and environmental capital transforms brands. So, uh, how, let's get into it. How long did you work on what this? What do those Who's words mean? It? What do those words mean? Like, yeah, break it down for us, dum dums here at How Long Gone. Okay, first of all, I take back what I just said. <laughs> 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 Look, I know what business means and aspiration. Um, but you know, how do they, how are they drawn together? You know, for, for us, we talk about, we talk about that a lot or Chris does specifically. He loves, you know, aspirational content, the world of luxury, you know, that, that, that feeling that's evoked from that. And obviously the word aspiration in that sense has changed from our childhood to whatever it is now and whatever it's going to be in the future. So, um, you know, I would, I would like to hear what your thoughts on that are. Right. I'm going to answer that by tying it back to something that Chris said before mm -hmm. about a lot of taste communities. And the reason I'm saying that when he said that Travis Scott and uh, selling more stuff than basketball players. But imagine now the culture, everything is flat. Everything participates in sort of same uh, space. So you don't have any more like, oh, I'm a sports fan. No, you're a rap fan and a sports fan and a street fair fan and a blink fan. So mm -hmm. I think in that sense, it's important to understand aspiration in that culture that combines a million different things mm -hmm. and a million different forces. So in that sense, like a brand is competing with you guys for my attention. And mm -hmm. competing, my book is competing with some brand and with like thousand other things that are vying for people's attention and how people are choosing what to pay attention to and what to find valuable is really where the modern aspiration revolves around. Mm -hmm. So it's more about like taste and curation and aesthetic innovation and style i'll give you an example like style, apple style like when you leave united states huawei is everywhere so the moment they landed to mexico city huawei stores you know huawei of course mm -hmm. the chinese phone company yep yes yes so those motherfuckers <laughs> they literally i'll tell you why i told them that and they literally ripped off Apple down to the point of advertising. So there is a smartwatch, like mm -hmm. a, a Huawei Fit that comes with free earpods. It's like exact same Apple, like advertising. Mm -hmm. There is Huawei store. That is not, I'm giving you those examples. A, a Huawei store looks exactly like Apple store down to Genius Bar and those classes and so on. Mm -hmm. However, when you look at the value innovation, that is what Apple did. It introduced some sort of value in the category when there was none before. So it 
it's not competitively better than something else. It makes competition irrelevant. It literally made Microsoft irrelevant. It made entire PC industry irrelevant. Mm-hmm. When it came with, with, with the MacBook, when it came with the iPhone, it, it rendered the entire phone industry irrelevant. Yeah. Damn. So that's right. how I think in terms of value innovation. And that is what the book is about. That means how do you really create a business around these new sources of value. Why is it really cool to have like this pair of sneakers and why is Travis Scott and McDonald's this absolute collaboration like graveyard? Mm. <laughs> 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 well, who who's creating these, you know, these innovative value propositions in a way that doesn't make you want to call them a motherfucker? Ikea is a good example. Okay. And I'll tell you you why. Because it's not meaningless collaboration. Okay. Like, for example, what they do with Adidas, they're like, oh, how do we part? You know people, you you know sports, you know how people exercise. We know people, we know their homes. How do we combine those two things? And we know that more, more people, more and more people, they don't have time, so they exercise at home. So how about you, we, and us, come together and figure something out for those people who exercise at home. Yeah, I'm very smart. So for me, that's, or how, even if you want to go towards sustainability and social good, they're like, oh, like house, like a lot of households in Africa, they don't have electricity. Can we create like light without electricity? Because if we do that, their GDP is going to like rise. They're, they're going to have less mortality, like at, at birth, they're going to be more educated because they won't have to leave school when it's dark. They're going to be working more and so on. So like when you think about that in the world, then you can create a, a ton of value. But when you don't, you have the art of meaningless collaboration. You have Travis Scott and McDonald's. Yeah, but is mm-hmm. it meaningless? I mean, it's meaningless to us, but there's a lot of people who are getting very rich off of it. Uh, and I think collaborations in general, a lot of time are a cash grab, which is the issue. And that's why yeah. they're not they're not seen as necessary to to some consumers because we know what it is versus maybe a less educated consumer just wants it to feel a part of something or to be part of that moment, maybe. What moment? I mean, I, I like I, I agree with you, and I think it's a it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut to cultural relevance. I completely agree with you. I mean, I think that among a certain set of people, you know, showing your receipt from ordering Travis Scott McDonald's merch on, on Instagram was was a you know I'm cool. This is a sign of me being you know with the times. You know what I'm saying? Um, same thing with with a lot of sneakers or, or fashion in general, or even even other sorts of collaborations that are that are more expensive or more exclusive or whatever. I think it's it's a signifier to your own taste bubble that you are ahead of the curve or with the curve, and you you have this great taste. I mean, that's what I think collaborations are are a necessary evil, kind of in the world of commerce in all ways. Okay. I would like to hear your opinion on something because what you just said is like kind of reflection of taste. But isn't that whole point of this like aspirational economy or culture that we have that you develop your taste that is super micro? Because that sounds to me like mainstream taste, what you described. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm talking about mainstream taste, but I think the micro stuff it still it still permeates the same way among groups. You know what I'm saying? So like 
if if Jason and I are hyper specific into this one thing and we talk about it and then our friends talk about it, it's 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 on a smaller level, but the same exact thing is happening. You you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing is happening that we are signifying what we like and our taste to each other yeah. as like almost a, a siren call to others that feel the same way or or maybe even have the same taste as we do. Um, I think the examples that we can think of and the examples that we've covered are more mainstream because that's easier to talk about. You know what I mean? But if Jason wanted to talk about a certain kind of Japanese knife, you know, that he uses yeah. in the kitchen, there's yeah. a lot of people that would be like, oh, Jason's cool. He knows about this knife. Whereas yeah. you and I, it would be meaningless to us. Mm-hmm. I do um, like knives. Exactly the point. That's exactly the point. So that's a question. That's the, right. So in that sense, that like what becomes iconic is becomes on a very micro scale. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think that now it's it's iconic and mainstream are are completely synonymous. Um, and anything, almost everything is mainstream at this point. I've said it a lot on this podcast. It's the urban outfitterization of America. Like everything is cool light. Everything is is meant for everybody in a lot of ways, and it's kind of killing. It's killing taste in a, in a lot of ways. It, it's well, killing. I'm you said that because I'm saying like for me it's not taste. It's the same as logos. And that is what the luxury is all about. It's like about streetwear collabs and logos. That's the big luxury, like big farm or big meat. Yeah. And that Japanese knife, that is what is handmade, what is craftsmanship. Yeah. What Hermes says, Hermes is like, we are not luxury. We are like carefully handcrafted goods. And they literally want to make the distinction, whereas luxury before meant something that was handcrafted. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I mean, if you look at fashion historically, you know, those houses and the way they started in their history is all very handmade. You know what I mean? And like artisanal in the, in the way that you're talking about. And now it's become, yeah, you know, Gucci putting Gucci on T-shirts and they're $900. I mean, I, I think that you maybe as a culture, maybe we are wanting to return to some of that, or at least some of us are wanting to return to things that feel, uh, you know, more handmade, for lack of a better term, or, or things that are more at least... Um, considered and labored over versus just like a, a logo to, to earn money. Mm-hmm. I think we want more maybe things that have a story. And I don't mean that story in a BS sense, but I think like Jason, like maybe you like that knife because you remember exactly where you bought it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. you know exactly how you want to use it and what kind of food you want to use it for. And you also know who made it. Yeah, because so, because half the fun of of buying that knife is not using it and taking a picture of it. It is talking to your friends about it at their next dinner party, and you know. And if that knife comes with a good story, then it's easier for you to tell your friends about it and hopefully make you look cooler. Yeah, so I think it's more about that because, like, what is the what is the latest collection of Gucci or Balenciaga? What story does it tell? You know, like that's why streetwear it was really used to be really cool because it was that story because there was a DJ and that's why Telfar is really cool right now. Mm. Expand Telfar- on that, my brother. What's that? Expand on that, please. On Telfar Clemens because he's been around for 15 years and there is a lot of layers upon layers upon layers of cultural meaning and associations and references 
that he created in a very specific community. So it went very deep. He like he was like DJing naked in happy endings, you know? <laughs> Glory side. But you know, you can't invent that shit. You need to live it, you know? That's true. <laughs> very true. And <laughs> you know, and basically people are focusing on on Bushwick Birkin, his bag. But I don't yeah. think all <laughs> Like, that is sort of just an engine for his entire, like, aesthetic world. And he always, he like, dressing his friends who are, like, queer musicians or they're, like, or they're designers or they're artists or they're just, like, neighborhood, like, people, you know? So, in that sense, you can't invent that community unless you have it and you, unless you have building it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And the good, the good way to think about the world he's building is the exact opposite of aspiration or, or traditional luxury, where you have like something at the top of the pyramid, you know, like a designer or a like celebrity, you know, whatever art director or something, and everything trickles down, and you go and you buy Balenciaga keychain, and you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm so fucking cool, you know. But then Elfar, he created this like that. What he did by by pre-ordering the bag was like, oh, everyone can have it because it's not for you. It's for everyone. That's his tagline. No, it's brilliant. I mean, his whole approach with that bag specifically is brilliant. I do think that it probably took him a long time to get to that point, not as a designer, but maybe as a business person to understand, like, that's what is going to, like, get his message and his story out to the most people is to make something democratic and then make it available uh, widely, widely. Um, and I think from from that standpoint, it's it's incredible, and I think it will it, it'll help his brand last longer. Yeah, and he made so much money in that twenty four forty eight hours more than you know that he made in years before. But what the point is, who doesn't know about Telfer can buy that bag as a badge, as a symbol, you know, as a as, as a badge of like being cool, being plugged in. But then yeah. there are people who go next layer and next layer and next layer deeper into that reverse pyramid, so to speak, and who know that he's also a DJ and yeah. who know his crowd. So that's in that sense, for me, the bag is just the, like the, the, the surface level. And you can operate at that level. That's fine. But you can also get by into his world, the music he listens to, the people he hangs out with, the artists he surrounds himself with and that lower east side or whatever neighbor queen's neighborhood vibe yeah and that's always where the more interesting stuff is you know what i mean it's i think that that's the thing with with hopefully the idea is if you get past the product there's something more interesting there and that's really what we're talking about Mm. Mm -mm -mm. what uh do you have the telfar bag yourself anna I don't, unfortunately. She's she's way down with her Balenciaga and Louis. She doesn't have room in the closet. Maybe sure. Santa Claus will bring one this year. I have like like. What do you think about this? I want to hear about this. So I'm not so basic to own Cartier, but I'm not above wearing a Cartier knockoff. What what <laughs> is what a Cartier knockoff? What though? Oh, it's like is that like you um. It's um, that nail bracelet. Oh yes, I love the yeah. nail. I love the yeah. nail. But it does. It like looks like it for those who don't have discerning eye. But it actually is different. And I bought it in Madrid in some store. So see, it's there is a story 
that is nothing to do with Cartier. So I like it more than I would like original Cartier. Mm-hmm. And how much, Sorry, how much did you spend on it? What? How much money did you did you spend on it? 25 euros. Okay. Yeah, so you have a story. You 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 know, you feel like you may have outsmarted the house of Cartier because it looks pretty good. It looks good enough and it's more interesting. You're no longer, you know, you would rather have something that is not real or bootleg than the real thing because it makes you different. Mm. Mm. I would, I mean, personally, me, I'm only rocket real designer on this side, but <laughs> like each their own, you know what I'm saying? I got, I got four love bracelets on the right wrist and three, three nails on the left wrist, but that's just, that's some wow. light shit for a, for a, for a Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. not even the weekend. Um, but that is, that, that is interesting. But I mean, I think that if it means something to you, then I'm happy that you have it. Yeah. I, like I mean, our poor peasants like me, you know, <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I, 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 I look, I feel for you. I cannot relate, but I really do feel for you. Um, can you tell, can you, yeah, go ahead. Can you, when does the book drop? When does the book come out? The book drops October 27th. Very soon. Is it going to be available where all books are sold? Oh, they're also pre-orders are all sold out. It's already in the second edition, but seriously, it was number Listen, it was number one in new releases in business marketing on Amazon before it was released. That's some big shit, right? That's some big (laughs) shit right there. You're gonna get you're gonna be on a lot of podcasts in this month, aren't you? I hope no one listens to this one because no one I'm never going to be invited to any other podcast. No, 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 no. You you are a great podcast guest. If anyone doesn't yeah. like it, it's only because of us. But yeah, you're but thousands yeah, you're an and thousands of people will listen to this and you know, judge you for sure. They're going to, they're going to buy my book, which is titled The Business of Aspiration, October twenty seventh. Yeah, they're gonna line your pockets. You're gonna be having a large, medium, and small Telfar bag by the end of this month. <laughs> Do you have any bag yourselves? Of course. I mean, I could fit in the large one, even even though I'm six nine. I I don't. I like them actually for other people, but I just I wouldn't carry something like that. I, I'm, I'm a little more. It's cute for you. It's cute for you. It's very you cute. For you. Anna, what is your favorite oh, yeah, flavor yeah. of Hagen Dazs ice cream? Oh my god, I don't even eat Hagen Dazs ice cream because it's an American company. Did you know it was an American company? I, well, I knew that after I read it on your Twitter. No, you did not. Did you know before? I'm sure you did. No, I did know. But, uh, you know, they have the, they have the uh, essence and energy of a European um, chocolatier or creamerie, don't they? Oh, they're, they're owned by General Mills. Of course, they don't anymore. But like 30, 40 years ago, they probably did. Mm. I mean, that's what I read about it. Yeah. So you don't even you don't even eat ice cream. Good for you. No, I don't. What about you? I'm a I'm a vanilla oh, man. Yeah. You're a vanilla. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can you can't tell by looking at his bland ass. He the loves uh, you know the subtle flavors of vanilla mustn't be masked by you know other things like chocolate or hazelnut. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We had uh, we went to Rosetta on Saturday night here, and mm-hmm. there was rosemary ice cream. It's really good. What kind of ice cream? 
Rosemary. Rosemary. It's oh. good. It's good. Trust me. I'm not an ice cream person. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not a food person. I'm sorry to disappoint you. So you don't even so no smoking cigarettes, no food. What are your what are your vices? Mm. Cocaine? No. Don't lie. <laughs> no, I you foster life. animals? What's going on? <laughs> Torture small small animals, yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you step on guys? You step on so people with shoes? I'm a known man on the internet. No, I like no so <laughs> shopping is my wife i think the clothes are my wife this is like i think it's very 2016 but i think that clothes <laughs> are my wife yeah <laughs> clothes hey. clothes being uh you know shopping for clothes that will never go out of style that's not 2016 that's that's I that's going know. to be every year what's it's your life cigarette yeah, drugs marijuana oh. alcohol In- instagram Chrome Hearts, uh, <laughs> uh, fine automobile, yard work, the list goes on. It does I, go on for real. <laughs> yeah, Jason's got a lot of problems, which I unfortunately we don't have time to unpack on this podcast. It's fine. Many, many what episodes. are your vices, Chris? And also, why did you move to LA? <laughs> I didn't. First of all, my vices are exercise, and I didn't move to LA. I'm coming back to New York in 2021. Oh, you are? Yes, I'm, I'm making the grand re-entrance. Um, alert the media, please. Uh, I'll expect yeah. a Cartier red carpet out front. Red carpet, yes. Photo opportunities, all of the above. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, my vice is, yeah, unfortunately, at this point in my life, my vice only is exercise, so sometimes I do it twice a day. You do? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah him I and I to- are going to be playing tennis in just a few hours, actually. Mm, and then you can comment on this podcast and my Eastern European accent. That's right. Yeah, look. And we you love- can maybe actually imitate it with various degrees of success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason's actually pretty good. But Anna, we'll you're great. I got to say, I really like you as a, as a podcast guest and just a person in general. I like, the, I like your style. Thank you very much. And I like you guys, too. And I hope to meet sometimes in person, Jason, because I met Chris once. We were on a panel, and Chris didn't say a word because he was like silently, he was mocking us all inside. Mm-hmm. I'm not even. Yeah, like, that sounds I'm like the Chris I know. I can send you a photo of me and him and the looks on our faces. Have you seen that photo, Chris? Yes, it's a, it's a great photo. We both look upset. Very judgmental looks on your face. You look very judgmental. That's very true. We were like, whatever you're selling, they're not buying. <laughs> I mean, that's that's because we're two discerning customers, um, you know. Yeah, that don't well, impress me much. Thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. And um, go cop the book. And where can they follow you on um, Instagram and Twitter, etc.? You can find me by my last name, Angelic, A-N-D-J-E-L-I-C-A-A-A. I mean, it was like really dumb of me to create that, my handle, my last name. In, okay. a foreign, in a foreign country. So it's Angelic, A-A-A, on Instagram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on whatever, Clubhouse. Do you guys go to Clubhouse? Uh, I don't I don't fuck with Clubhouse. We, we, I, we, I went on it when it first started, but I have not really been back. Are, is it getting better? No, I'm like you. I'm not there. <laughs> is it getting better? No. Uh, okay yeah so we will continue to not be on clubhouse everyone on clubhouse who listens to this show 
our apologies, but you know, one day we'll be there once you guys, you know, clean it up, clean Maybe that we'll clubhouse. Up. Everyone, please don't call clubhouse. Keep clubbing. Without- <laughs> <laughs> Keep clubbing, motherfucker. <laughs> Keep clubbing, nerds. Um, all right, thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to you soon. Uh, everybody, go buy the book. There's a lot to learn, uh, and, and I know I'll be reading it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, guys. It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.